Vidar and Catherine Ligard are the founders of safarimission.org. Vidar Ligard is also the author of A Fork in the Road, a book that gives you life lessons you were not taught in school and that the church did not tell you. And that is what Safari Mission Podcast is all about, teaching practical steps to personal growth and development. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Vidar and Catherine Ligard. Today we're talking about how to deal with the pressures of life. You know, when we walk by faith, then uh, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I like to say that uh, we don't set up camp there. But uh, the faith life does not prevent the pressures of life from coming. It's in how we deal with it. Uh, Jesus shares the parable of the two the two guys who's building their houses. One is building on the rock, one is building on the sand. But the wind blew and the rain came and all the different pressures, the, the same pressures came in both situations. They had both heard a word, uh, one house fell, one house did. And so the difference in their lives was not who got the pressure and who didn't get the pressure. The difference was in how to deal with the pressures of life. And how to react to them, yes. Because, you know, we all have pressures. And uh, the higher leadership you go, the more pressure you have. Not the opposite, like some people think. Yeah, it's it's the point of the spear that gets the most pressure whenever that, that spear is thrown. And it's the, it's the point of a plow, when you plow a field, that gets the most pressure. And, you know, some people want leadership because they want comfort. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong reason to get into leadership because uh, the more you step out, the more you do for God, the more you strive to be a light and to be a salt, the more pressure you're going to face in life. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so then we need to know how to deal with pressure. You know, when pressure comes, you really get to see what's inside of a person. Uh, you know, it's always good to to see people in different kind of situations in life to to see how they respond to it. And that goes for somebody you want to hire. It goes for a potential spouse. It goes for other types of relationships. It's always good to see the other person in many different situations to see how can they deal with different situations and how can they deal with pressure. Because when the pressure is on, what is on the inside is going to come out. And what's on the inside is always what you put on the inside. You know, it's not it's it's what 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 you feed on. What do you take in? Do you feed on the word of God? Do you do you do you you know what do you put into you? Is it love? Is it acceptance? Is it mercy? Is it forgiveness? Or is it bitterness, anger, anger, envy, strife, all those things when pressure is on it comes out and it tells a lot about a person how they react to that situation. It's kind of like a sponge. You know, you can put the sponge in, in clean water and it's going to absorb everything that's, you know, around it. And when you squeeze it, you put the pressure on the sponge and you squeeze it, what comes out is going to be clean water because it took clean water in. Well, the opposite is also true. If you put that in, in, in dirty water, in oil or something like that, when you start squeezing it, what comes out is going to be dirty water, it's going to be oil, it's going to be whatever you soaked it in first. And so our lives is kind of like that sponge. Whatever we put into ourselves, when the pressure comes out, is going to get squeezed out 
And that's how you can tell a lot about a person's character and what's on the inside of them when the pressure is on, how do they react to pressure and how do we ourselves react? If you don't like how you react, then look at how you're feeding yourself and how you're dealing with situations you're in. Right, the uh, character of a person is not shown on a Sunday day or on Sunday, the church day, you know, everybody can put on their good behavior on Sunday morning or when the, when the birds are singing and the sun is shining, it's easy to put on good behavior, but what about on a rainy day? And, and figuratively speaking, you know, when, when, when things are not going right in life, how do we react? Well, as you said, it's, it's a result of what we have been putting in uh, to ourselves uh, as a habit. I often go to, uh, when pressure is on with me, uh, I all, often is, um, I'm reminded of David. You know, David lived life well, and he was a blessing to the king. He took up Goliath, and uh, when king had emotional problems, maybe it was more than emotional problems, he had problems with evil spirits that tried to torment him. He called upon David because David had uh, while he was out shepherding the sheep in the, in the field, he took out the lion and the bear. He went above and beyond the call of duty, uh, did more than what was expected. But it's very obvious that he was singing praises to God out in the field. Uh, when he's faced with Goliath, all of his brothers, the, the army and everybody, they're, they're thinking about the weight of the spear. They're thinking about the size of the problem, how tall he is, how many people he's taken out. He's been a warrior from his youth. David is just a youth. But David immediately responds, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He speaks differently. He, he behaves differently. And I think it's very obvious that it's because when he was out shepherding the sheep, he wasn't just shepherding the sheep, but he was thinking about the covenant. And that's what, you know, when you say uncircumcised Philistine, you're, you're really saying this Philistine is outside the covenant, meaning in turn, I have it a covenant with God. And so God's covenant was obviously on David's mind. And he was playing the harp. He was worshiping the Lord to the point that, you know, when the king is looking for a worshiper, I think he's looking for the best one in the country when you're the king. Mm -hmm. And he picks David. Well, you don't become the best worshiper in the country by shepherding sheep. Right. You've done other things too. <laughs> you have also done some other things. Yes. And so what you do, your habits yes. on, on sunny days, on difficult days as well, those habits... Our, our internal life with God needs to be built in such a way because we, we are only able to face problems to the size of the strength that we have built within ourselves by feasting on the Word of God, by reading the Word of God, by, by worshiping the Lord, and, and by training our minds to go on the things of the Lord so that when a Goliath shows up in our life, we can still say who is this uncircumcised Philistine because our mind is on God who is in us, who is the greater one. So when we physically see the bills or the, the doctor's report or, or the problems or all of this, we still can go to what the word of the Lord says. And that's where strength comes from in the middle of uh, all these turmoil situations. Here in uh, 1 Samuel 30, uh, David is coming back to Ziglag. He's been out raiding. Actually, before this, he was chased from King Saul from cave to cave. Uh, about 400 men came to him at the cave of Adullam, and he was all the outcasts of society. It was everybody in despair, everybody in debt, everybody in distress. 
um, maybe it's a rough saying, but you, you, today you would say it was all the sorry losers of society who came to David, and David becomes the leader of the, all these people. Well, that's a great way to start a church. Right, and you're <laughs> running from cave to cave, you know, it seems like a great life. <laughs> but then here he comes back to, to um, Ziglag, and he's, you know, he has this history of dealing with all this. But then the Amalekites, they had burned Ziglag, burned down the city, killed nobody, but carried away all these 400 guys, wives, children, livestock and everything. They hadn't killed, but you're coming back home after, after a rough uh, outing. And then it says, then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Sometimes that happens when the pressures of life are on that you want to sit down and weep. But it says here that um, David was greatly distressed for the, the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But then now, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting reading the story because you only read a couple more chapters. You come to 2 Samuel chapter 1 and David becomes king of all Israel. Mm -hmm. If he had not known how to deal with the pressure at Ziglag, right. he would not have become the king of Israel. Right. And, you know, it's, it's in, the, in the time of pressure and the time of when, when there's, you know, all these things come against you. That's when all the habits you have built until then comes up, whether good or bad. You know, you, you have people just collapsing under pressure because they haven't built the habits needed to sustain themselves through pressure. You don't start building new habits when you're under pressure. You will take whatever habits you have already established with you into the pressure, and that's going to sustain you through the pressure. So, so saying, yeah, I'll deal with the pressures when they get there, that, that's the perfect formula for, for crumbling under pressure because you haven't built that foundation before pressure hits, you know? And so, so it, it, it becomes very evident what a person has put on the inside of them, uh, of habits, of, of, you know, the word of God or, or practicing the presence of God, whatever they have done before pressure is going to just become clear for everyone to see during pressure. And I think that's, that's, that's what we need to realize that if we're going to sustain through pressure, we need to form habits before pressure comes. We got to build a foundation in our own life. We got to build our character. We got to put something into us that is good, you know, of good value, the word of God and, and love and mercy and, and, and all those things, the fruit of the spirit, you got to practice the fruit of the spirit before pressure comes. Because when pressure comes, either the fruit of the spirit comes out or your flesh comes out. Very true. And everyone can see it. <laughs> Very true. Um, we talked about David. Um, I also go to Paul, Paul probably had more pressure than anybody else. A lot of pressure. Um, David had pressure, of course, but in the New Testament, Paul had shipwrecked, stoned, uh, you name it, Paul went through it. Yep. Um, now here, he's writing 2 Corinthians, and he's going through a lot of pressure. He's actually, uh, he's just left Ephesus, where he had a lot of pressure. He's got a lot of pressure with the Corinthian church. He is 
practically losing his, his influence over the whole church, dealing with a lot of other things, dealing with dangers. Second Corinthians 1, uh, 8, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of the affliction that we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. So these things, they, they came to Paul, I mean, great men of faith. Yeah. But he was still pressured or burdened beyond his own strength, and he despaired of life itself. And he says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope. Now, in the margin of my Bible, I have written down that the, the, the word hope really means trust or expectation. So on him, we have set our expectation that he will deliver us again. And so how, how, do, you, how do you build that confidence so that when Goliath is there, when the pressures of life is there, when the bills are heaped up, when the, the, the sickness tries to come or whatever the case might be, what are some of those habits mm -hmm. that causes the right thing to come out? Um, I think we see it with David. He played his harp, obviously. He's right. thinking about the covenant out in the field. So worship may be one way. Um, for me personally, I read uh, the, the first psalm says that blessed is one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Well, a lot of people have that one figured out. But then in verse 2 it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That person will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And I think about some of the dry areas that we've been out ministering that, you know, drought, um, trees will drop their leaves. Mm -hmm. But if you see a tree that's planted by streams of water, even in drought season, even if it's a seasonal river and there's no more water there, that tree will still have leaves on it, still be green. Actually, in some of the dry areas in, in uh, Ukambani and Kajiado here in Kenya, you can actually tell where the rivers have been during dry season. Even if there's no water, you can tell by where the trees are that are having green leaves on it. And it says the person that meditates day and night on the Word of God, uh, the, uh, that person, in everything he does, he will prosper. And so it, it comes down to having habits and meditating on the Word of God. I know for myself, every day I get up and I think God is in me. It says that, yeah, the Spirit of Antichrist might be in the world, 1 John um, chapter 4, verse 3. But in verse 4, it says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So I know God is in me. He is the one who created the heavens and the earth. The very same power that raised Christ from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit. He is in me. So the same power that created the world, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, is the same power that's at work within me. So I'm not looking for God someplace. I have God within and so I walk in the consciousness of that every single day so that if I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to set up camp there. I'm walking through and I know that the rod and the staff of God, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm -hmm. There's been situations I've been in where, where um, well, just, just this past uh, Christmas, I think it was, we're in an aircraft 
lightning strikes the aircraft. Yep. <laughs> and you hear people in that aircraft going, Rah! and screaming. That's, that's a natural human response to it. But I've trained myself so much that I know if a thousand falls at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, it shall not come nigh me. So the, the, instead of thinking about the problem in the aircraft, I'm thinking about the promises of God in the middle of a situation like that. And it causes me not to panic in the middle of a situation. It causes me, yes, I might be tempted to be afraid, but I don't have to yield to the temptation right. of being afraid. Yeah, and that's a good point too, because people think that if they feel fear, a little bit, then they have to continue being fearful, but you can resist fear actually, and you don't have to think about fear, and you can get out of fear uh, through the Word of God. I, I start quoting the Word, and the Word comes up from the inside. Now, even this week, uh, dealing with four different deaths this week, a good close pastor friend of mine, uh, all kinds of different situations that affect you emotionally and yeah you're, you're you're sad for people that have left but I also live in the reality I know where they are uh, I know they're in heaven and, and I know the reality of heaven is more real than the reality of the earth so I don't sorrow like people uh, other people do because I'm going to see them again it's like they're going on a long journey and yes I, I will miss them there is that part but but I also live in the consciousness of the presence of God, and I don't sorrow for them. I sorrow for the people that are left behind and family members and, and, and that kind of a thing. But I know they're, they're in such a much better place. Mm -hmm. And the reality of that is such that, you know, and how, how does that come? It comes from the meditation of the Word of God. Right. And there's all kinds of different pressures. You know, there's, there's what you just talked about. And, and there's finances, there are uh, people, relationship pressures, you know, just people causing friction, causing issues, causing whatever, whatever. And, and there's all kinds of different pressure that we can, that we can be in, uh, but our response in all these kinds of different types of pressure is going to be according to what we have put into ourselves. What have we meditated on? You know, how... What have we put into ourselves and built into ourselves? And, and that's going to just determine the outcome of yourself too. Not just is it going to be evident for everyone to see, but it's going to determine if you crumble and completely fall together or if you're going to be victorious through it. That doesn't mean that the pressure is good or fun, or but you can come through it if you have built the right thing on the inside of you and you determine not to give up, you determine to get through it, you determine that, hey, it doesn't matter what come my way, uh, I will get through it. And, and you stand on God's word and you just draw from the inside of you what you have put in. So it's going to be so important that before pressure comes, you put something in. When there's no pressure, you may not see the need for putting something in because everything's going so great. Everything's fine. I'm just going to watch some more TV. But, you know, when the day comes when you need to draw something from the inside out, you have to put something in first. If not, you have nothing to draw out. And that's when it crumbles because you haven't spent the time to put something on the inside of you first. And that's going to always be the key for drawing things out. You can't draw what you don't have on the inside of you. Yeah. It's what Jesus said, you know, whoever hears these words of mine and does them. Right. He's like a man who builds on the rock. Whoever hears these words of mine and does not do them 
So the difference is not in the hearing, the right. difference is in the doing. doing. And that's what, you know, David is, first of all, when nobody's looking, he's faced with the lion and the bear. Mm -hmm. And he could have chosen not to deal with those. Right. Oh, yeah. Relatively smaller problem compared to oh, Goliath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you if you choose to take the easy way out and not deal with the smaller issues in life, right. you will be unprepared to deal with the bigger issues. Exactly. So you have to be a doer. Yeah. And the small issues, that's how strength comes. You have to take those stumbling blocks that come away, come towards in life, and you have to turn them into stepping stones. In other words, you have to conquer the small things yeah. so that you grow your muscles on how mm -hmm. to deal with pressure so that you can handle the bigger things. Uh, that's how you become a leader. That's how you become an influence. That's how you become a light. That's how you become a salt in this world. Yeah, and that's even what I said when I teach about faith. You know, it's like you have to grow that faith muscle. If you you got to start believing in the small areas that you can believe for before you can face the big things. It's the same thing because, you know, to to believe for something and walk by faith, you have to kind of also face some pressure. So it's all about handling and tackling the big issues because sometimes it's so easy for a small issue you just kind of sweep them under the rug and you just don't pretend it there and you don't face it right you know head on but by doing so you're you're cutting yourself short because when the big things come you haven't prepared yourself through the small things and you haven't grown your patience you haven't grown your character you haven't grown the word of god you haven't grown anything so you have nothing no tools in your toolbox to draw from. You haven't put anything in that you can handle and tackle the bigger pressures with. So it's very important that we don't just sweep those small things under the rug, but that we deal with them and that we grow in all the things we do. And so remember that when pressure is on, you are like a sponge. Whatever you have put into yourself is going to be squeezed out. And how is that going to look? That's where we need to, to, to determine to put something inside that is going to equip us to face the pressure when it does come. Because it comes to everyone. We cannot avoid it. We can't avoid it, but we can decide to respond to it according to the Word of God. Yes. God bless you. Well, that's it for today. Watch out for our next episode with teachings from Vida and Catherine Ligard. Like, share, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Safari Mission. You can also visit our website www.safarimission.org or call us at plus 254-74-1777-805 to know more about Safari Mission and how you can get yourself a copy of Vidal Ligard's book, A Fork in the Road.